Today on the podcast, we have not one, but two guests who bring years of experience working in the field of education, meeting both the social, emotional, and academic needs of kids. As new moms, they had so many questions about screen time and couldn't find clear answers. Like many parents with little ones, they found it hard to navigate the minute limits, all of the different shows, and the guilt that comes with screens. So this led them to dig into the research, ask the questions, combine it with their background as therapists to bring us a parent-curated course and form a community known as Raising Tech-Wise Littles. I love their approach in going after the early years, as that is where so much happens for our kids as far as development. What I enjoyed the most from this conversation is the concept of taking the quote-unquote middle road with screen time. And what in essence means is throwing out that screens are bad talk and swapping it with research-backed tools to reduce the guilt empower ourselves, and gain clarity with the little ones around tech. So take a listen. So I just want to, first of all, thank you so much for um, joining us on the Screens and Kids podcast. Today we have Jennifer and Kay. And one thing I just love is um, a quote that you put out once. And it said, there comes a time in life where we need to just stop pulling people out of the river. We need to find out why they are falling in by Desmond Tutu. So I just love that upstream thinking approach. It's like a public health. Let's go upstream and figure out what's going on. So I guess I'll start with anyone. Jennifer Kay, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us why the early years and why this work really matters to you. Uh, thank you so much, Penny, for having us. We're really excited to be here. And um, we can introduce ourselves and then jump right into your question. But I'm Kay, and I'm a uh, educational therapist. And I've been ed- in education my entire career, um, about 12 years. And I work with um, elementary and middle school students navigating different um, learning diversities. Um, and I'm also a mom of one-year-old twin boys. Nice. I'm Jennifer. I have been in education for 20 years, not to date myself. (laughs) And um, I'm an educational therapist. I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I've worked in the public school system, the private school system, the international school system. And I work a lot with middle school families on executive functioning skills and brain boosting activities. And of course, with middle school comes healthy tech. So we've both been consulting with families around, you know, focus, attention and healthy tech for for decades. And now I am a toddler mom of a almost three-year-old little girl. Yeah. And so we're both, we're both in, you know, this world with elementary middle school students where we see the effects of tech in that world, but then we both are new moms. So you ask kind of where, why we're working on the early years. So we, we, and I love that you brought up that quote because we feel like the conversation around tech is starting too late. And when we became new parents ourselves, like I just, my boys are a little over one. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that my boys were fascinated with tech, you know, my, my phone or something, a screen as early as, you know, six months and thought, well, this conversation needs to start earlier. Um, it should be something that parents are equipped to navigate as soon as their kids are born. So they're feeling confident um, about this world rather than 
like, like your quote, rather than we're pulling kids out when they're older. So we really sincerely feel there's no other time in life when, when it's more important to start putting these boundaries in place. And also there's no other time in life when your child's learning at the speed or their brain is growing as rapidly as it is from age zero to five, mm-hmm. the, by, by age five, um, children's brains have grown 90%. So there's just a huge window of growth and it's a huge opportunity to set really amazing um, boundaries um, with our little ones. So we're, that's why we, we've tackled the early years because we're in it, you know, where we have little ones, but we also <laughs> feel like this information is often given to parents later. So mm-hmm. we feel like it's time to really be preventative around it. And, you know, it might seem kind of silly to be like, oh, I'm teaching my little one about about how to navigate a phone, but um, there's, you know, statistics by age two, the average toddler, these are obviously averages on every family is on a screen up to two hours a day. So it actually is a very relevant, relevant conversation. And um, so then what then does that mean to be a tech wise parent today? Um, Especially because it sounds sometimes like we are just drowning in information Mm -hmm. and we just don't know I don't want to be scared, but at the same time, I want to be empowered as a parent. Yeah, great question. So Kay and I are big fans of what we call parenting in the middle, where you're neither fearful of tech or obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, we're often offered so much unasked for, unsolicited advice from friends and family, <laughs> particularly when it comes to screens. And yeah. what we've we've seen and heard just anecdotally with our friends is that advice typically falls into one of two camps. And there's mm-hmm. camp one, which is screens are bad. And those arguments are like, screens are heroin. Your child's brain is going to rot. How dare you give them screens? Copious amounts mm-hmm. of guilt and shame thrown on you as a parent. And and then there's camp two, which are like screens are miraculous and every kid has an iPad, so it must be fine. And how could I ever get anything done unless I hand my kid tech? Yeah. And it definitely doesn't matter for littles. It's teenage tech that's scary. Like my toddler's watching a cartoon. What's what's wrong with that? Right. And And in between those two camps, in that third option area is where we want to step in because mm-hmm. we don't believe in fear-based parenting. We yeah. believe in facts and we don't trust trends. We trust research. And mm-hmm. Kay and I are not screen free mm-hmm. ourselves. We're screen light and aim to be screen healthy. Yeah. And we really believe parents should be empowered to make tech work for them, not against them. And we believe that tech can be used to build a connection with your child rather than a battle. And there's really easy, simple ways to do that. And that's what we're so passionate about offering families. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I like that. I like that. Just that taking away that fear. And you talk about connection and especially this last year when we've tried to stay connected as much mm-hmm. as we can. So like for my son, our parents so his grandparents and my daughter um they're in africa in kenya so we try and do video chatting every saturday we even have a name for it (laughs) so then my question to you but what we noticed towards the middle he starts getting restless he wants Mm -hmm. to press the buttons exit the call end it so how do you optimize video calls Mm -hmm. just speak on that if you can yeah, you know, the AAP has come out and stated that the really the only screen time that they say is, you know, beneficial or quote allowed for kids under age two is video chatting. And there's a reason for that because 
you know, like you said, video chatting connects us and it's, um, there's someone on the other side of the screen that's interacting with you, but that person knows your child and, Mm -hmm. and has a relationship with your child and can talk about things in that child's life. So it's really a different type of screen experience because they're creating connection. And in our, in our course that we'll talk about a little later, you know, the best type of screen time creates connection. And that's Mm -hmm. why FaceTime video chatting is, is the most, you know, quote, um, best type of screen. So, but there's also a little bit more nuance to it. Under six months, your little one isn't really going to get much out of video chatting because they, they don't, they can't quite connect with the person on the other side of the screen. So we do like Mm -hmm. kind of piecing that out. They can't quite recognize on that who's on the other side of the screen yet. It's kind of just a shiny object to them at that point. So in the early years, like I did this with my boys, I'd actually flip the phone around if I was doing a really long call with grandma who's out of state. Mm-hmm. So they could still see my little guys play, but the boys aren't you know, enamored with a screen um, just because they're not quite able to connect mm-hmm. right yet. But six months up and especially around age one, you'll really start seeing where they can connect. I'm sure you've seen this because your kids are a little older, but there's so many things you can do to make that connection even deeper, like playing I Spy. Um, putting on a favorite dance song, playing hide and seek, you know, kind of creating that that exciting connection with the person. You can even draw a picture together um, or use props. You know, it, it, it's hard if someone's all the way across the world, like in your example. But if they have a favorite stuffed animal, you know, the person on the other side of the screen could have it too. So anything that makes it really special for that child that they're building that connection. Even having a snack together is a big favorite mm-hmm. in our family. Okay. <laughs> um, give, you know, there's oh gosh, there's so much. Like you were saying. He gets a little restless giving them a job, like it's their job to press the button to start the call. Or you can say, you know, we're getting off soon. It's going to be your job to press the button to end the call. Then also we call it mirroring that if you are, so for example, if your family in Kenya is trying to give a hug or blow a kiss through the screen, if you're sitting there with your child, you can be you know, be that person. So if, if, if grandma's giving a a kiss through the screen, you can give a little kiss on your, on your, um, little one's cheek to kind of make Mm -hmm. it come to life that it, Mm -hmm. there is actually someone on the other side of the screen, a real person. You're trying to make the experience come to life and connect it to their real world. That is what's so key. Oh, the last thing that's really, really important. We can talk about this more is language using around mm-hmm. our, our screen. So I, this has definitely happened to me where the, the phones died in the middle of um, a FaceTime or a conversation. And it's a really abstract concept to little ones that, quote, the phone died. So having language around, oh, the, the phone's taking a nap and it's going to mm-hmm. recharge and it's going to, it's going to kind of get itself some rest. And then, you know, when it's, when it's up, we can use it again later, kind of like how we recharge in our world. Um, so it's having that, that language that, that helps the child connect it to their real life, which is so vital. That's nice. And these, that language piece that you talked about, that whole, these are, I think you put it on your Instagram. This is mommy's tool. Mm-hmm. How, how do we talk more about that? If you don't mind, just like give us more around that piece of this is mommy's tool and not your toy. Because sometimes, you know, the kids grab the phone and our immediate right. response is like, okay, let me have it. And you take it back. And it's like, so how do we approach that? Yeah, great question. Um, One of the things Kay and I like to say is parents need to keep their phone at bay. And we use bay as an acronym for 
boundaries. So you should have boundaries with your device, particularly your phone, because that's the device that's most often out. Um, A would be an adult tool, not your child's toy. So just like you said, like if your child is clamoring after your phone, you can say something as simple as, oh, thank you for finding my phone. That's mommy's tool. Here, would you like a toy and do a simple swap? Mm. Um, So we don't want to make phones are tech bad. I know, you know, it's easy to, if you see your baby, your toddler, like running after the phone to just say, no, 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 no. And we mm. want to bring in positive language around that. That's mommy's t- tool. Here's your toy. Thank you for swapping. Mm. And then that why in Bay is, you know, you, you are in control. You are setting the limits, not your little one, because it's your tool, not their toy. So keeping your phone at bay with those boundaries, um, the adult tool, not your child's toy, and you are the one in charge, not your little one, is just a helpful way to frame it for yourself Mm -hmm. and then begin to frame it for your child. You know, in the baby realm, your baby doesn't know what a phone is, but by toddler age, they see you using your phone. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. beginning to learn how and why. Um, but it's important to make that distinction for them. Like, this is not your toy. This is this is mama's or, or this is daddy's or this is auntie's. And when we use the word tool, we like to think about it as like kitchen tools. You know, mm-hmm. Kitchen tools are out all the time in our kitchen. You know, we have a knife block or a blender, but they're adult tools. You know, we I wouldn't hand my child a knife block or a blender and let them go play on their own. Yeah. Um, I have firm boundaries around those tools. I, I use them in front of my child and maybe we'll make a smoothie together or we'll practice cutting vegetables. Um, but it's something I teach my toddler how to use on my time frame, and we do it together. And tech is the same way. It's an adult tool that you will teach your child and introduce to them in a positive way together on your terms and your time limits. I like that because it kind of releases that feeling of, oh my goodness, the phone, just making it a normal thing. It's there. Mm -hmm. It's not to be afraid of. It's to be used. And I think for the kids not seeing it as this big black box, like what's in there, it's all this mysterious thing. It's just an adult tool and I'll use it when I'm able to. Um, So thank you for that. So I guess moving forward to like just some kind of screen takeaways that you have found in your work, um, whether personally, professionally, um, as far as managing screens. So not all screens are created equal. How do we manage what's the best? Is it a phone, computer? Um, Just walk us through. Yeah, it's a, this one we feel like is really powerful because it actually can be really easy because every we talk about this a lot that every family is going to use screens differently and, and we don't know the inner workings of, of every family. So we can't just do a one size fits all yes. approach, but this one is kind of, we have this, we call it the screen hierarchy and it's, if your child is going to, to watch a show and then you can actually choose the a screen that's best for their eyes, best for their development, which is going to be a TV screen all the way across the room. Yeah. And that's the best for a few reasons. One is it's going to create the most boundaries 
meaning the child can't pick up that device and move it to the next room mm-hmm. um, with like an iPad or a phone. So you can have more boundaries around that device. It was just a win right there for parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also best for their eyes because it's farther away. You know, our little ones are still developing their vision and it's going to be best if it's across the room rather than within, you know, a closer proximity. Um, and so if you, a lot, so that's going to be the absolute best type of device. And then if you go into content, the best content is going to be, you know, call it slower paced, but you really want your little ones watching shows that are going to mimic almost like you're reading a story to them because okay. that's, the, you know, they're still developing their attention spans. So they can't quite actually keep up uh, developmentally with really faster paced shows. They might seem really mesmerized by them and excited by them because they are so exciting, but what's going to match their attention spans is actually a slower paced show. So something that um, feels more like a book, um, so those are kind of two things that, that you can, you know, parents can keep in their back, back pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, so let's say this year, like, I just don't, there's not a TV a screen across the room and we'd really like to have a show on right now. The best then would be to put, um, a computer or a tablet in like a stand and put it across the table. Mm-hmm. Um, we, what you really just, we want to try to avoid is a phone or a tablet right in front of a child's face. That would probably be the least preferred option. Um, mm-hmm. cause it, it's not allowing them where we're all about connecting with the real world. So there's just going to be the least opportunity for connection unless it's FaceTiming, which is a different, <laughs> it's own, its own category. Um, that's going to be the least preferred is if they're playing, with a, with a device really close to their face. Um, so yeah, so if they can watch a show, a slower, slower paced show on a TV screen across the room, that's going to be your kind of best option. Mm, so further and slower is better. Yes. Further slower. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yes. Awesome. So I want to, um, first of all, congratulate you on your recently launched course. Um, I'm sure a lot of work, time, um, research went into it. So thank you so much for that. It launched last week. I guess if you can just walk us through some of the things that a client should expect once they enroll and where to find the course. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this has been this has been such a fun, amazing passion project of Jennifer and I. We absolutely love researching. So we've been just doing all the research on screen advice because we didn't feel like there was an easy place to access all this information in one place when we were trying to navigate it. So um, that's what we created for for parents. So they can find it at techwiselittles.com. Okay. And if they go there, they can go there and um, find access to the course. And there's a little bit of a summary on the website as well about the five different modules, but it's a self-paced course. So when we say mm-hmm. course, it means you can log in and watch five minutes here, 10 minutes there. It's broken up into short, easy videos. So Mm -hmm. you can do it at your own pace. And we're both parents. We know you can't sit down and watch a few hour course. So it's broken Mm -hmm. up with parents in mind. Um, And it's really a holistic way to navigate raising little ones today in our world of screens. And it, and honestly, it covers everything from the early years of attachment to Mm -hmm. the foundations of learning and building attention, because that is Jennifer and I's uh, professional focus is, you know, attention processing and executive functioning skills. So we're really giving that information and how to build that foundation in the early years. But then it's all rolled into how to create healthy tech boundaries around technology and screen. So it's a really unique course. And 
gives really incredible tools to parents. Um, and we, we also get some takeaways like our show recommendations. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of language in there. We talked about language. So you get that. You get the screen scripts to use at home. There's um, a piece that we've gotten that people have really loved is an action plan to get on the same mm-hmm. page with your with your partner or other caretakers. Because naturally, there's going to be a parent or a caretaker that's a little more screen heavy or has different philosophies around screen. So that's huge. Um, and how to, you know, how to connect with your child over shows to make them, you know, more of a a learning experience and a connection experience. And then we also have some, um, simple schedules you can try to make it more of a routine. So yeah, it's techwiselittles.com. And you can also find us on Instagram and you've mentioned that penny at techwiselittles. Yes. Um, but it's it's an incredible, unique course. We're really proud of it, and and it's um it's there's a lot for parents to take away to feel confident, to feel clarity in this crazy mm-hmm. screen world. It's it's a very confusing world to navigate, and that's what we're 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 trying to give parents that confidence to say, okay, this is my philosophy, and this is how this is how I'm going to handle this part of parenting. Oh my goodness. I know there is a lot of information out there and I'm sure the eight months you've been working on this, but it's been years of your experience has gone into this. So thank you so much. Question out there that I can just ask you as we close, where can a parent start? They are just like, Mm -hmm. have all this information. You have been so great. What should they do today? Other than of course, number one, enroll in the course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, before you even enroll in the course, um, come on over to our website. We have a free tech health guide. It's, um, it has three different pages for you to help you notice your own tech health, begin to get on the same page as your partner. So that is just a resource we'd love to Mm -hmm. just get out there for you. Um, That's on our website as well. Okay. And to answer your question, what where can a parent start today right now? Well, it is back to school time. Mm-hmm. Um, we have all kinds of families we work with from, you know, stay-at-home parents to working parents and, you know, some some kids are heading off to preschool right now. So mm-hmm. It is a time of transition for all of us. It is emotional time, and it is a time in a pandemic where we all need our immune systems boosted, and the best way we can do that is sleep. Mm. So um, just a few sleep tips take away. I know I had to get my toddler on a different schedule to get her ready for preschool because we were going to bed a little later in the summer, (laughs) and now we have to get up a little earlier. Um, so just a few key takeaways, you know, if, if you're preparing to go back to school, you can start moving your child's bedtime up in 15 minute increments every other mm-hmm. day. So it's not a big of a leap, you know, for that, for that 7am wake up call for them. And that will slowly transition them almost like you would if you're traveling in a different time zone. Mm-hmm. And then we want to create screen-free sanctuaries for them so they can get that really robust sleep. We also want to do this for ourselves as we are headed into fall and a you know mm. more busy time. So an easy thing you can do today is make your bedroom and your child's bedroom a screen-free sanctuary. Yeah, your child does not need tech in their room. And honestly, we don't either. Like I have been prone to scrolling at night when I should be sleeping. So um, a simple switch is just 
having a different place than your bedroom where you charge your tech. And I got an old-fashioned alarm clock, and that is how I wake up, and my child has a toddler light, and that is how she wakes up, and it is a nice, natural way to do that. Um, Also, another way to really boost sleep, because we need that really good rest for back-to-school time, Mm -hmm. is um, making screen-free windows before nap and nighttime. Okay. So, you know, it's always really tempting to, oh, right before bed, let's put on a show and and wind down. Um, and it that's actually the time where we want to wind down in other ways because we want to keep a good solid 90-minute window before your child goes to sleep as a screen-free time. We also okay. want to do that for ourselves because the blue mm-hmm. light from screens triggers our body and tells them, mm, you don't have to make mm-hmm. melatonin. You don't have to mm-hmm. go to sleep right now. So, you know, any sleep parenting guide will talk about, you know, a bedtime routine and keeping that for your littles. And what we're talking about is a pre-bedtime routine where there's wind down time in that 90 minute window where, you know, you're connecting with your child, you're, you're coloring, you're reading stories, you're doing a low stimulus activity to get them ready for the bedtime routine rather than use that time as, as tech time for family. Nice. 90 whole minutes before bedtime and nap time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think as we wrap up, I just have four rapid fire questions that I'll (laughs) ask each of you. These you don't have to think about. Um, you just throw out whatever comes to your mind. So I'll start with Kay. Okay. Tell me a place that makes you come alive. Oh, the beach. The beach. Love it. What is one thing you would tell your nine-year-old self? Oh, that's a great one. To listen to yourself and learn about other cultures and people as much as possible and really, really listen. Mm, I like that. Tell me your favorite children's book author growing up. Oh, I was a big, it was my generation, J.K. Rowling. I was a big Harry Potter child. (laughs) Love it. Last one. I will be happy when? Mm, Whenever I have both of my boys cuddling in my arms, which is hard these days because they're so squirmy. (laughs) Whenever I can get both of them, it's often when they're tired, both in my arms. I'm just, I'm the happiest person in the world. Oh, beautiful. All right, Jennifer, it's your turn. You've had time to think a little bit. Tell me a place that makes you come alive. Oh, the forest. I am Mm. a forest girl through and through. Yes. Nice. What is one thing you would tell your nine-year-old self? I would tell my nine-year-old self to play more. I took Mm -hmm. school so seriously and (laughs) I would have told her to play more. Yes, yes. It's so funny. So many people have said that, especially everyone's just like, I should have lightened up a little bit just to be free. So that's interesting. What is your favorite children's book author growing up? Oh, I was obsessed with Shel Silverstein and all of um, his little poetry. Yes, yes. One last one. I will be happy when? I will be happy when the pandemic is over. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. But in the meantime, I'm, I'm happy that we are healthy and I have a, a beautiful family to come home to. I'm, I'm very blessed. Oh, wonderful. But it has been such a delight. I am so thankful and grateful for your time. 
Thank you so much, honey. This was lovely. This yes. was lovely. Thank you. So I would urge you to hop on over to techwiselittle.com and sign up for the course. There is so much on offer. I usually say, you know, you pay someone not for the hours they work, but really for the years of experience that they bring to any project, any job. And this is what I feel the guests brought to this course. Years of passion, experience, and just seeking answers like many of us with little ones. Hope you enjoyed and I'll see you on the next episode. (music) 